And that is the mindset that you have to adopt. You have to believe in yourself 200%. So that way, if somebody tells you no, it can't deteriorate how you feel about yourself. You know what I mean? And you have to believe and see and envision that the things that you want to achieve in life, picture and visualize yourself already having them. And then it makes it even more real. And then go after and do the things and the steps that you need to do to make it happen. Hey guys, welcome back to the Currently Bossing Podcast, powered by The Boss Up Inc. On this podcast, we discuss all things relating to career, social media, influencer marketing, and what it really takes for you to create your mark in today's digital landscape. I'm your host, Brittany Nicole, founder and CEO of The Boss Up Inc. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Currently Bossing Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Nicole, founder and CEO of The Boss Up Inc. Today, we're chatting with experiential entrepreneur, Brittany Brown. Brittany has put inclusivity at the hem of work in the beauty industry. And after graduating college, she founded Monet Cosmetics, a natural and organic skincare line. As a new beauty entrepreneur, Brittany struggled to find a space where a multicultural woman-owned indie brand could thrive in a market overrun by big names. In search of a niche in the beauty industry, Brittany founded Project Beauty Expo, PBE, in 2016 as an effort to create a support network for women of color who are interested in natural beauty, wellness, and healthy living. In just four years, PBE has grown into a substantial platform where bloggers, natural beauty enthusiasts, and cosmetic consumers connect, collaborate, and share ideas culminating in an annual expo showcasing indie beauty and wellness brands. PBE has secured sponsorship with global brands, Target, and Shopify, and has been featured in outlets such as Forbes, Essence, CEW, WWD, amongst many others. Beauty is a $532 billion industry where brands are birthed every day, but Brittany understood that many indie brands struggled with starting, scaling, and sustaining their beauty business. After moving cross-country to Los Angeles in 2018, Brittany launched B. Brown Agency, a boutique marketing and brand management agency where she helps indie brands build their digital presence and grow their sales. Brittany, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you and for you to just share all your expertise and gems with our audience. Yes, I'm super excited to be here. <laughs> yes, so I, I love starting with this question just to set the scene for our listeners a bit. So tell us more about you and your career story. Okay, so you want the short version or the long version? <laughs> Whatever you feel like telling us. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, um, I got started in beauty back when I was in college. Um, after I got a degree in business communication, I wanted to focus on marketing. I went to school in Baltimore city. <laughs> That's where I'm from. Um, I went to Stevenson university and after I graduated and got my degree in marketing, I couldn't find a job because as many of you may know, and you may know that, Whenever you try to get a job within marketing or in any field nowadays, they want you to have a ton of experience. And I'm like, well, how can I get experience if I don't have an opportunity to get experience? Mm-hmm. So I struggled a lot. Um, so I ended up finding like a sales job at a property management company. And while I was working there, it was kind of at the cusp of the YouTube era where Michelle Fawn and so many YouTubers were like creating these like 
massive like makeup looks and skincare all on YouTube, like right at the beginning of that era. So I guess it was like what 2013, 2014. Mm-hmm. And um I was like obsessed with skincare and I was like, I love skin. That's what I love. I love like the basics of beauty. I love makeup, but skin is really what entices me. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna go to school and I'm gonna learn all things about skin. So I didn't want to be a dermatologist though. I didn't want to go to school that long. So I was like, you know what? Let's see what that looks like. And I saw this esthetician. While I was in school to be an esthetician, I was like, I want to have my own thing. I don't want to just do facials. And even though I really enjoyed doing treatments and coming up with like solutions, like while I was in school and helping my friends, but I was like, I want to have my own products. So I decided to create my own products. And I launched my own skincare line called Monet Cosmetics. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what I was doing. I was making so many like mistakes. I was, for one, the biggest mistake that I can say is that during that time, you didn't really know who was the founder of brands. Like I wasn't really on social media. I know Facebook was around and things like that, but I wasn't like someone that like like to put myself out there. So I wanted to stay behind the scenes and I didn't really attach myself to the brand. And now that I look back at it, it created like a struggle in trying to market and connect with consumers because I was trying to push a product that like nobody knew about, nobody heard of. Yes, it had great ingredients, but it was like no real personal story or attachment to the brand. Mm -hmm. So it was a struggle. So one of my last, um, you know, one one of the last things I tried to do to kind of like promote the brand was create Project B Expo and market it at my own event. Because during that time when I was marketing it, trade shows were just so expensive, like so expensive for indie brands to even try to participate. And then it's like you have the cost of participation. And then you also have to, like, make the booth look nice and right. inviting and welcome. And it was just like way out of budget, way out of my league. Mm-hmm. So I said, OK, I something for smaller brands and farmers markets just weren't my speed as far as like the type of target demographic I was going after. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going to create my own event. And that's where Project Beauty Expo was birthed um, in 2016 in D.C. And um, my I did some of my products at that event for that year. My products did sell out. So that was awesome. But it actually birthed a new love mm-hmm. um, of Project Beauty Expo, and I decided to continue that all the way up until here we are now in 2021. So that's kind of how I got started and how I got to PBE. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's always so amazing when you start off doing something, like one thing, and you think that you want to do that, and then it totally evolves into something else that you didn't even think about before. So I feel like that's like mm-hmm. the perfect story of that. So I know you're running PBE, and then you have your own clients at your own agency. So what does even a typical day look like for you? <laughs> um, okay, so in the beginning, I can say it was really, really hard trying to like manage both businesses. And I can say I'm still in somewhat of a struggle and that's okay. I'm okay with admitting that. Um, you know, I try to break down my work week work week because um, I have clients and then I also have, you know, my own business. So mm-hmm. I basically break up my work week working on specifically my clients per day. So, for example, today may be X client, Y client, you know what I mean? And then Wednesdays is typically like a day off or things I get to be creative and work on all things to be because PB is so creative. And right now we're like in a pivot. So, like, that's my opportunity to kind of just like think things through and what I want that to look like. So a typical day for me is like be waking up in the morning, um, getting dressed. I try to start the day with like breakfast. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, I'm like 
terrible. <laughs> like in the beginning of me being an entrepreneur, I definitely approached it like wrong, especially like working from home. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say but it was very unproductive. I used to just like roll over out of bed, mm-hmm. just grab my computer, still be in my PJs, just trying to type away. And then I would just find myself like tired by like two o'clock mm-hmm. or just like exhausted, mentally exhausted. And I just couldn't get through the day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was like, okay, I can't do this. So I started working up early, setting an alarm, actually getting fully dressed, like yeah. with clothes, shoes. I mean, not working on shoes, but like at least fully dressed. I write out my um, to-do list mm-hmm. of everything that I'm working on. I'll make breakfast. I'll look at emails, see if anything is priority or if anything can wait. And then I'll start working on my to-do list. I try to have little distraction. Yeah. And then I have time breaks for myself. So I'll take a break at like 1230 because I used to forget to eat. Yeah, that's how hard I would work. I used to forget to like take a break. Mm-hmm. So I'll give myself time breaks at like a 1230 break. I'll take a three o'clock break. And then if I'm still working in the evening, I'll take a break for dinner and then might get back to it or I might push it to the next day. So a typical day is definitely me co- communicating with my assistant who's over on the east coast we're always like texting or communicating with other team members through monday.com and then me answering emails doing calls possibly um and each day is different because with clients you just never know you can wake up and it could be a problem you need to solve or everything could be fine and i can just get my to-do list done (laughs) yeah i feel like it's it's so important what you said about the breaks um and I feel like a lot of even like companies were trying to implement where every like two or three hours, like they will have like 15 minute breaks for just like employees. And I feel like when you do take those breaks, it allows you to have more time to just clear your mind and just like be able to give your 100 percent self. So, yeah, I definitely feel you on that. I have to make sure I ate breakfast this morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's you'd be surprised how hard it is to remember to eat. <laughs> and then the fact that we're all at home, it's like I could just get up and go make food. So, yeah, it's really important. But let's talk about entrepreneurship for a little bit, because I feel like, you know, it's often glamorized on social media. And, you know, people probably feel some type of way or feel the pressure of taking the leap um, and becoming their own boss. So when when were you ready to kind of just like fully dive into entrepreneurship? Ooh, I don't know if I was ever ready. Mm. To be honest, I don't know if I was ever ready because I've started, I've had peaks and valleys throughout the years. Mm-hmm. So piggybacking to the beginning of the story, like when I first, when I first launched my skincare line, I said, okay, I'm working in property management. This has nothing to do with skincare. I got to get into the field that I want to be in. Mm-hmm. So thought after, you know, um, an opportunity and I was working for, um, I was working for a dentist who wanted to turn his dental practice into a medical spa. He wanted to have a medical spa on the other side of his dental practice in Maryland. Mm-hmm. And he was very interested in working with me. He knew that I didn't come with a pre-existing clientele of clients to follow me as a esthetician, but he also knew I had a degree in marketing mm-hmm. and he struggled with trying to get dental clients to be interested possibly in getting spa services medical spa services so that's where kind of like my marketing hat came on and I tried to push very very hard I think I was there for like two months and then he like fired me Mm. like right after I put down the deposit to have project beauty I got fired Mm. so 
I was like, well, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop what I'm doing. And I like hustled that whole summer. Like I was like working at like medical. I was working at other spas in Baltimore. I was doing whatever I needed to do. And then I was like working on PBE. So that was like one kind of like valley <laughs> in entrepreneurship. So it's like, I'm thinking that. So, cause it's like, I was kind of working with myself then I kind of wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then I got another job after that. Cause it just wasn't working out. And then I moved to Los Angeles and I was working um, with my friend for a little bit. And then um, I stopped working for her after like a few months. Mm-hmm. So then that also the entire summer, I was basically an entrepreneur and I was at a peak, but I was at a peak, but then things started to slow down and then I hit another valley mm-hmm. and then I had to start working again. And then after that, so I would say I'm coming up this year on my first full year mm. not having to work for someone and it's been a lot of ups and downs so like I, to answer your question like I don't know if I was ever ready I don't know if I was ever ready I think it was just more so like okay I'm I was just kind of like going with the motions of the situations mm-hmm. that I was brought into and just kind of handling it the best way that I could mm-hmm. and you know it's a struggle because you have to kind of somehow learn how to pay yourself, which I'm still trying to figure out how to do. Mm-hmm. You have to pay your bills. And if you also need staff and people to help you run your company, you have to think of them first because they help take care of how you're able to run your business. So it's like so much that kind of like goes into it. And I didn't have like a huge nest egg of money. Like a lot of these, like on my publications say, like I didn't have like, oh yes, I had over like $15,000 saved up six months salary, whatever it was. Like, no, I was just like thrown into it. And I just kind of had to like, keep going. Yeah. So. I mean, sometimes I feel like that's the best way to get it going is to just be thrown into it. Because I feel mm-hmm. like if you kind of like make that decision, you might wait on it a little bit longer because you're just like, okay, well, I don't really have this much saved up. So I'm just going to wait until I do. And then three years go by and you're still not doing what you said you wanted to do. So sometimes the universe mm-hmm. pushes us forward so that we can figure it out. Well, the universe is like, Go ahead, because <laughs> go ahead. Let's see what you That's how it is sometimes, and I love everything that you're doing with PBE. So, like when you started it in 2016, and then fast forward now, what is the the gap that you're hoping to consistently fill in the beauty space? The goal and the mission of PBE has grown significantly over the years you know I mean well it has matured I'll say that it has matured so originally when I started the brand I just wanted to create a platform for women of color indie brands to be discovered Mm -hmm. like I wanted indie brands that were like mine that struggled with not being able to afford to participate in these huge trade shows to just be like discovered by other women or even men that are just interested in their products and that could support them that was the original goal and then as I like met with more founders, connected with more women in the industry, the mission has since matured. And the goal of the platform as a whole, aside from just the event, is to provide women of color with the tools needed to create a sustainable beauty business. Because I feel like, you know, even with the everything that's happened throughout this past year with the Black Lives Matter movement, I mean, everything that's been happening online and a lot more major retailers dedicating space to Black-owned brands or even a lot more online publications dedicating more, 
I guess, space on their, uh, within their articles to Black-owned brands, there's still a huge disparity in regards to like funding, resources, mentorship, networking opportunities, or just overall knowledge and tools on how to properly build and scale. I mean, you hear all these brands like, okay, like this brand was bought by you know, like, what was it? Drunk Elephant, I think, was bought by Shoshado or something like that. So it's like, you hear something like that happen, but then you think about you, yourself as a founder, it's like, okay, I do want to sell my brand. How do I do that? Right. Like, you know what I mean? Who, where do I even find the education on that? Who do I even talk to about that? Like, where do I even get the resource to even think and consider that for my brand? Mm-hmm. So it's like, possibly if we have more access to information on how to go about those things or how do I get distribution in South Africa or the UK or Canada? What's the process? Like maybe I could think more globally with my brand if I knew what was available for me to do, you know, and that's the goal is to just provide more tools and information on how to properly do that. Cause you hear all these great things happen with all these other brands, but like, how did, how did y'all do it? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's so true. And it's like, even when you do hear, you know, some of those brand founders talk about it, it just sounds like such a straightforward process when really it doesn't come that easy for some of these other brands who are trying to even figure out how to break through the noise or even navigate social media and just trying to find their ideal audience. So what advice do yeah. you to really, um, I guess, like position a brand, uh, an indie brand? to stand out and reach their ideal audience? That's a great question. I think if I had to give any piece of advice, I think it's important. I think that, and this was also something that I struggled with when I first had my brand. I think that sometimes a lot of brands um, can come out the gate trying to attract um, a mass amount of people. And I think the best piece of advice is to come out and really be niche and direct with your messaging and direct with who you are trying to attract. I think when people see it and get it, it makes it easier for people to click and understand. And I think that sometimes when you come out, especially like within skincare, because you, I mean, skincare is kind of a broad category. Like you can tackle so many different concerns. There's so many different age demographics who are all in different walks of life. Mm-hmm. And we all utilize skincare. So it's like, why can't I treat it like, I don't know, like, a brand as broad as like Dr. Bronner's, that's just like a one-step solution for kind of like everybody. Like anybody can use it, whoever wants to use it. So I get that sentiment, but I think sometimes like, I think what is missed is yes, it could be utilized for everybody, but they have like a very clear messaging as far as like what the product is for and what the company stands for. And I think that is the best way to think about how you can stand out as a brand is to have a very, very clear and concise message as what you're looking to add to the industry. I think that when you say you want to start a skincare brand, think about you think about the void that you're trying to fill and what you want to add and how you want to make it better. Similar to how you asked me, why did you create PBE? I created PBE because I have a personal attachment, first of all, to the industry because I had a skincare line and I struggled with trying to build it. Mm-hmm. And I see the disparity in women of color trying to build beauty businesses. So what I want to add to the industry is an opportunity and a platform for people to be able to have the resources to build a business because there's a gap there. And I'm very clear and I never segue off of that. Mm-hmm. So people see it and get it. And then now they're interested because they can relate to it. So I would say that's the best piece of advice. 
No, I, I think that that's so true because sometimes I feel like we, even like some brands when they first get started, it's like they're missing those key points, like your mission, your brand story, like what is your selling point, your brand identity. There's so many things that go behind it. And ultimately, if you do want to reach like a bigger retailer for any brand, it's like you need to have some of that information to back you up because you don't have any, you're not going to have anything to pitch if you don't. So mm-hmm. leading into my next question is just, I guess more so about the beauty space overall. Um, What are some big things that you foresee for this year and beyond? I know that a lot of brands are making sure to infuse more messaging surrounding self-care, mental health, given um, everything that's happened last year. But what are some other things you feel like might come on the surface? Mm -hmm. New things that I feel like that might come to the surface in the beauty industry. The beauty industry is so interesting right now, I feel like, because for one, there's a lot of brands that are coming to this coming to the surface, which is awesome. I'm loving all of it. I feel like there's like to piggyback off of your point, it's kind of like a mesh between like beauty and wellness now. I feel like they're somehow becoming like intertwined a lot more. Like where for a while the categories were so separate where it's like you got skin and then you got wellness, but I just feel like they're kind of like becoming interfused. Um especially since like a lot of products are um are like multi-use yeah like i see people coming out with like massage candles mm. now like you know what i mean like just like you you usually think of ca- candles as a wellness company and then you also think of you know like you know what i mean like that's but it's kind of involving skincare because it's like a massage it can be a massage so it's like these products are now being like blended in a sense i would say that's happening i also feel like influencers are are great but influencers i don't know if they're i don't know how long influencers are going to be like at least major influencers are going to be needed with marketing brands now Mm -hmm. especially with a lot of brands killing the game and they don't have major influencers Mm -hmm. they don't they don't don't need to use them so it's like not saying that influencers are going to go away i don't know what's going to happen with that but i think there isn't really necessarily a need in regards to building a business as much as it was as much as it was a topic of conversation like I would say like two or three years ago yeah I really do feel like a lot of brands are shifting to more of like the nano micro influencers as opposed to like the macro and those mega influencers even me like on brand side I've seen like you know running a an influencer campaign with maybe like 50 nano micro influencers and the results are way better than maybe just having one or two of those influencers or macro influencers have like a million followers. And so I feel like the conversion was a bit higher. So I I definitely agree with you on that. I feel like brands might just like start to retract back a little bit on that spend. But Mm -hmm. also I feel like it's, it'll be interesting to see what influencers come up with their own brands. Cause I feel like that's another trend I've been seeing a lot of influencers either launching like their own beauty brands or skincare brands. Yeah. A lot of them have launched in, in different industries as well. Like, you know, I know Jackie, I launched a candle line forever mood, I believe it's called. So it's just like, wow. Okay. Now, you know, you have a whole, beauty wellness company so it's like yeah I'm just interested to see the the marketing side of things is usually what excites me the most so I'm interested to see how influencers will be affected and then also like what the selling channels will be Mm -hmm. because like Instagram is going a little down 
You know what I mean? Like it's just now it's now an online marketplace. I personally only don't only go in there when I want inspiration <laughs> or if I'm like looking to send like a friend a DM or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious to see what will be the new way we're selling. I mean, I definitely think it'll still be online, but I just think it'll be possibly through a new platform. What platform that is, I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I feel like a lot of influencers are seeing success on TikTok, um, which brings me to just overall, like how how brands, especially those indie brands, could elevate their digital presence overall. Like what would be the key to being successful on social media? The key to being successful in your business overall, what I feel is consistency. I think that, you know, what I do with 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 my marketing agency, what I find is that a lot of clients will come or people will come looking for me to give them an aha moment. And a lot of the times when I do calls with them, I don't tell them anything they don't already know. What they fail to realize is that the key and what will get you to where you want to go is the consistency. Mm-hmm. So if you are marketing your business online, you need to keep going, you need to keep pushing and you need to keep posting every day. Or you need to keep, and and everything has to work simultaneously, posting online, sending out email blasts, running potentially Facebook and Instagram ads, and repeating that every day, every week, especially if you're getting conversions. You know, if you send an email blast and you got one to two sales, then you telling me that you're not sending no email. It's not a good reason. Like if, if the conversion was that you got one sale, don't look at it like I only got one sale off this email that took me 10 hours. Look at it like, okay, how can I streamline my process to where I have this going out every day so that could turn into 10 sales a week? I mean, seven sales a week or have it or possibly double that if I if I remain consistent at that. Mm-hmm. So the key is really in the consistency. The key is in the consistency with your strategic marketing efforts. Yeah. Definitely think things through, plan things out. Employee team members, if you can get an intern, whatever you need to do. But the key is to just continuously and repeat everything over and over and over, especially if something is working. Do not stop. And if it isn't working, take a step back, reevaluate. And then that's when you can say, OK, it has to be something off within our messaging or how we're communicating our product. It's not clicking. And then evaluate why it's not. And then start over again. Mm hmm. Yeah, I feel like it takes a lot to build that consistency. And I feel like that's something that, you know, and and sometimes it's just like having to push past those limiting beliefs, right? Like, oh, like if you're doing something over and over again and you're not seeing results, it's like you're just like thinking, okay, maybe it's the brand. Maybe the market is oversaturated and then you start to bury yourself in those beliefs. So how do you um, advise these small brands or any brand who's trying to break through the noise, who's trying to get their um, products in front of the right people, but they're still working on trying to push past the fact that there is, they feel like there's not room enough in the beauty space for them to really thrive? A lot of, a lot of, I feel like entrepreneurship is definitely like 90% mindset, 10% skill. Yeah. There's a lot of people that you'd be like, huh? <laughs> but you know what's crazy? They they create they believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. They believe in themselves enough to get somebody else to believe and to buy into them. Yeah. So if so, the best piece of advice that I could give you is like before I moved to I'm from Baltimore City. I don't know if anybody has been to Baltimore City. It's a small city. It is nothing like LA. Okay. Mm-hmm. I honestly I knew I wanted to move to LA, 
But I honestly did believe it was going to happen. And here I am. Like, you know what I mean? Like, for a while. But before I moved here, the one thing I did was I read, I read some mindset books before I got here. Yes. And one of those books was The Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know who wrote it. I know it's a green cover or something like that. I cannot remember. But I literally read it. It's a quick read. It's like 200-something pages. Mm-hmm. And it literally was a whole book about why you shouldn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that are on top don't care about what other people think. And that is the mindset that you have to adopt. You have to believe in yourself 200%. So that way, if somebody tells you no, it can't deteriorate how you feel about yourself. You know what I mean? And you have to believe and see and envision that the things that you want to achieve in life, picture and visualize yourself already having them. And then it makes it even more real. And then go after and do the things and the steps that you need to do to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So the best piece of advice I can give you is to just you have to manage your mindset because I told you about them peaks and valleys. I told you about the peaks and valleys that I went through. I got fi- I got fired, got another job, got let go, got another job, got let go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like constant for like a couple of years. It wasn't just like, oh, it was just that one year. It was a few years of this. PBE has been around since 2016. It's 2021. Yeah. And I'm just now in this place. So like, you know, it's just, it's, it's important to just, you have to believe in yourself and you have to believe in yourself enough to know that you're going to actually make it. If you don't believe that you're going to make it, then you can't get somebody else to believe that you're going to make it. Even with clients that I work with, like I, I work hard, but you got to work just as hard with me because if we're building up your business and building up your baby to be this big brand that you want it to be, then we're going to be hitting the ground and hustling until we can make that happen. And you can't give up on me. Yeah. You can't, you can't give up on me because I'm not giving up on you. We got to keep going. So if I hit a, if we hit a block, we got to go around it or we got to turn around and go the other way. Mm-hmm. So it's just really about the mindset. So I just encourage people to read mindset books, just, just anything that will help you overcome. And it's not something that you're just going to be like, okay, now I'm there. I don't need anything else. Like, no, it's a constant self-development because parts of you are going to be stripped away and broken, ripped ripped away from you. A, a lot of your identity of who you knew yourself to be is going to be taken away from you, especially like when you first take that leap and start working for yourself because you went from working and getting a paycheck every two weeks to not knowing if you're going to make a sale today or not. <laughs> you might wake up today and it's like, today's a good day. And then tomorrow it's like, oh, crap, I ain't make no sales today. So that's calculate. I'm going to eat ramen noodles tonight. So like, you know, um, hearts of you are going to be broken away. Change hurts. It doesn't feel good. It feels uncomfortable. It's scary. But you have to kind of embrace that style because it's breaking you open into this new person that you're going to be. And you're going to be entering into a new version of yourself that you haven't experienced yet. And you're going to do things that you never knew you could do ever. And that's a part of the process of becoming who you truly are and that CEO that you envision and dream yourself to be. Yes, I agree with you 100%. And I, I really do feel like when you get to that point where you stop seeking validation from everybody else and start to just like support and root for yourself then that's when you can really just say like okay I like what I'm doing I enjoy what I'm doing I'm passionate about it and you don't need anyone else to celebrate you or uplift you yeah it would be nice but those people aren't in your business they're not running it day in and day out like you are not at all not at all 
is yeah, you you have have to want it for yourself. You have to see it for yourself. And you really have to like not give a fuck like the book. Like you really do. Like it's literally as simple as that. And you have to just be like, okay. And because you, because the thing about it is you have to build yourself up because like, let's say you start getting consistent sales and then you get a, a customer email that says, oh, your product sucks. I hate it. It broke my skin out. I don't know why you even had this brand, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Then it's your customer. They're not. What do you do about it? Then it's your customer. Yeah. And there's also so many bigger brands that get things like that all the time. Um, and they just pivot and keep it moving. They address it. I, I've literally seen some brands come out with a bad batch of product where it wasn't like the other one. It's just like they just pivot, kept mm-hmm. it moving. They did their um, their PR blowout. Um, and then that was it. They didn't yeah. change anything. They still have their ideal customers. So you just have to keep it moving. It happens to everyone at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But the version of you that you know today is not going to be the version of you that will exist when you're an entrepreneur and when your business is at its peak. Mm-hmm. I'm not the girl that I was in 2016. Yes. At all. I'm different now. I went through, I, I, I went through so many different experiences, so there's no way I'm the same chick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, would, it would actually yeah. be a problem if we were all the same people at that point. Right. Right. And I'm still developing. I'm still reading books and trying to learn myself as a as an adult and living on my own and living in a different city that I didn't grow up in. So it's like I'm constantly learning and and evolving. Yeah. So how did you and for someone who wants to move to a new state, but they're they're scared of, you know, being somewhere where they don't really have the network. Um, how would you say that you can move past that? I know for me, I went to a lot of events, um, met a lot of people through that. I mean, obviously COVID now, so that makes it hard, but what's some advice you have for that? Similar to yours, like, don't, don't be afraid to like, just put yourself out there. Like, don't be afraid to network. And surprisingly, some people are still afraid to network and like reach out to people. Like, I'm not, I used to be that way too, but like now I'm not afraid to like just send somebody a DM and say like, I think I DM'd you. And I was like, Hey, do you want to do this? (laughs) Like I will send somebody a DM if I want to connect with them. The most that they can tell me is no. Mm -hmm. And if it's no, then okay, that's fine. And no doesn't always mean finite. It could be no, not right now, or they're not available, or it could just be no. But that's okay. Just move on to the next person. So I would just say, you know, for me, when I moved, like I said, I didn't have, I didn't know what I was going to do, honestly. I just put put all my stuff in the car and shipped it across the country. <laughs> I'm a little bit crazy in comparison to others. I know not everybody moves like me. So I just put all my stuff in the car and shipped it across the country. And then it was like here, like, hey, I'm all right. All right what's up? What am supposed to do now? Okay. Figure it out. So, and I know not everybody, you know, can do that. But I think it's important. And I always look at everything as like an experience. And some experiences can last a long time. I've been here two years, yeah, right, and work well. And some experiences could be for a short time, and it could be something I experienced for that short span of time. It, I learned what I learned from it, and then that's it. So I guess just not being afraid to fail, mm-hmm. and just not being afraid to like put yourself out there and talk to people. So if there's somebody you know within the beauty and skincare community that you want to network with, send them a DM, invite them out to coffee. Mm-hmm. invite to hang out don't be afraid to put yourself out there especially when you're in a new city mm-hmm. and i'm not saying i'm like the, the best expert at it because sometimes i can be very introverted so like 
just not being afraid to put yourself out there and spark up a conversation with people will get you far because the more you expand your network, the easier things become for you because now you can tap into all these different people across all these different cities, even cities you don't even live in. Mm -hmm. And you'll be to get things done. So that way, if you do have a question about something, then you can find the answer. And I think sometimes also like a lot of entrepreneurs, like especially like when they start and when they finally get into their groove, they stop networking and you should never stop networking because your network should never just like reach a peak. Like it should always grow. Yes. Like you should know somebody in like almost every major city could be a great goal. Cause think about it. Like if I'm now, if I'm ever in New York, there's like 10 founders or 10 people or probably even 20 people that I can connect with or reconnect with yes. if I'm ever there. Or if I have a question about something in a specific field, I have this pool of people to reach out to if I ever like want to launch an app or if I want to, do something in technology if I have a question about sponsorship like now I have all these people that I can ask questions to that don't mind answering them because I've networked with them they've experienced me and you know vice versa they can ask me as well so that way if they're ever in LA hey I'm in LA I just touched down let's link up blah 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 chop it up and then now my business problem could potentially be solved or I'm connected to somebody who could provide me with a resource that I didn't have before yes never networking and don't be afraid to put yourself out there yeah it could feel silly but who cares yeah <laughs> you have to not care and you have to I like the mindset of thinking what's the worst that can happen and that was truly my mindset when I moved to New York I was like what's the worst that can happen I moved back to Chicago is that mm-hmm. really the worst like you know you have to think about that so I really love that for those who are trying to get involved in the beauty industry or just launch their product. What upcoming events and resources does PBE have on the horizons? What can they tap into? So I have something that I've been working on for like almost a year now. It's going to come out this year. Okay. It's going to be a guide to really help people how to to build a business. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. Uh, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's and, all I can say. Okay. And I've been working on it with other founders. Ooh. So. Okay. I love that. I'm excited. So when this fi- when this launches, where can we find you? Where can we find PBE? Okay, so you can follow PBE at Project PBE Expo on Instagram. That is definitely where it will launch. Definitely subscribe to our mailing list. I always email everything that we have going on. Um, so definitely follow Project PBE. We also have a Twitter account as well. You can follow us on um, Twitter at Project PBE X minus the PO because Twitter was hating. They ain't let us spell our full name. <laughs> so... Um, that's where you can follow PBE. You can follow me. I'm on Twitter as well. That's probably where I'm the most active, but that's where you see my personality mm-hmm. more so. So if you want to learn more about me, follow me on Twitter at Brittany Monet, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-M-O-N-E-E underscore. Or um, if you're looking for like more like business stuff, you can follow me on Instagram at Brittany Monet underscore spelled the same way as Twitter mm-hmm. as well. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Brittany. I'm going to have all the information in the show notes so you can keep up with Brittany and PBE. And I just appreciate you for being on the show. If you're not already, be sure to follow us over on Instagram at Currently Bossing and The Boss Up Inc. If you love our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Your rating helps us to reach other bosses like you who are ready to level up and reach their truest potential. Tune in every Monday for our newest podcast episodes. We'll talk to you then. Bye.